Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, it's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Dubs, your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs. Yeah, that's Amy Walsh. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. He's uh, pieing it, I think. Either pieing it or having... Working on his pie filling. Yeah, guys, I listened to the podcast uh, on my drive. I don't know where I was coming from. But, oh, my drive home from dropping the kids off. You guys are fucking hilarious. Oh. And, and, a, and a joke that didn't get enough play was uh, Amy's injury, her upper th- upper groin injury, which, which she referred to as her pregnancy. Yep. And I thought that was brilliant. So I just want to thank you for the laugh on the drive home. So, it, ha- it happened twice. <laughs> Three, three results from two upper groin injuries. <laughs> oh, my God. It just has to be delved into how you think of having sex with your husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the business side. <laughs> JP-ness. Yes. Uh, uh, James Sherman's not here. We're not sure why. He told us. Did he tell us yesterday? Hey, guys, like he was a little bit. A little bit uh, cryptic. Hey, can't make it. I've got to skip it. It sounded all very agreeable, but I'm not sure. Maybe there's something going on in the Charmin household. He but, was on uh, another podcast yesterday. Maybe this is was. the beginning of the end. 
He was oh, on another podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is sneaky friend. enough of charms, eh? What's that, Craig? Craig, I think your internet's being a little wonk. No, that's... I think that's, <laughs> that's Jimmy. That's Jimmy. Oh, that's Jimmy's being wonk? Yeah, mine's fine. A hotel, so you might lose me. All right. Well, welcome to News and Dubs. Uh, I don't know if Dubs knows this, but we might have to change the name of this. Because it's become redundant since you've joined us full time, right? I think you just lean into it, don't you? Uh, then you you're getting you then you're, just double down then, on the dubs. Then you're turning into Joan Jet and the Blackhearts, and the Blackhearts were just the Blackhearts. Then you're going to take away from us. Can I just be Joan Jet? Oh God! Like I don't know. All that work she's badass. had now, she looks exactly the same she as she did in '82. Mm. She's still badass, right? Uh. Craig Forrest is here. Jimmy's here. Hello. JC is here. And of course, you just heard uh, Dubs and Wonger. So guys, big weekend. We're all doing lots of Canadian soccer action this weekend, football. But I wanted to start off with, uh, it's Friday. It's News and Dubs time, which also means it's shower day at the Wonger house. Um, <laughs> God and garbage and recycling day. So if I have to split halfway through, I'm doing a Jimmy Brennan and I'm running and throwing out my recycling. I totally forgot. <laughs> um, CPL has its final weekend. Huge JCPL final. Oh, it's JC is telling us about his nickname. We're gonna have to use that, but. Uh, Do we have, we are going to be all over it. Jimmy's actually already down there. So Jimmy, there were some awards show last night, best player. We saw, we were just talking about it before we went online. Uh, Tommy Weldon Jr. Second time winning coach of the year. Mm -hmm. Tristan Henry, uh, best keeper, golden glove. Do they call it? I'm doing all right so far. Yeah. And correct me on anything else. I don't know. Uh, were you at the award show? Um, what are you doing down there tonight? What is your role over the weekend? Jimmy Brennan. Yes. So went to the, uh, the awards last night it was great. It was brilliant. The setup was amazing. Um, I don't think it could have gone any better for, for everybody at the CPL. Um, and the, uh, the award shows were, were great. No, seriously, it was, it was absolutely amazing. No, really good. Um, Tommy Wilden, yes, got the the coach. Uh, but the, the one player that stole the show was uh, Dan Klomp. Got Defender of the Year, Player of the Year, and uh, Player's Player of the Year. So he was uh, recognized through from his peers, from uh, coaches, from everybody within the league, just how, how great of a season that he did have. And he's and from then- Cavalry, right, Jimmy? He's from Calvary, yeah. And what's defender. his background? Where did he come through? He's from, I want to say, is he from Denmark or Sweden? The last name would confirm that, yes. Yeah, so which one is it? <laughs> I don't know. All <laughs> oh, right. I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. Just saying it tracks. <laughs> yeah. No, but he was a he's very, very good player. So, yeah, he was. I uh, spoke to him after. He was delighted. Um, and then what else? Tristan Henry. Um, obviously well-deserved as well. Great goalkeeper getting recognized for for his hard work, but overall it was a really good night. Really enjoyed and, it. And did, today. Didn't the league have a uh, uh, most valuable player as well? Did Ali Bassett get something? 
that was voted on by the league or by somebody else as opposed to a player voted MVP? No, Ali Bassa no? got uh, golden boot. Golden boot. He uh, tied, okay. yeah. Tied with Trust. Bevan. Right. For top goal scorer. And today we have uh, Forge training in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we've got Calvary. Then we have the press conference. And then we've got the uh, fans, our supporters uh, night at one of the local pubs, which you guys CPL supporters the night? Yeah. We'll oh, wow. Tonight. Great. And then tomorrow, calling the game with my buddy, buddy Adam Jenkins. Amazing. Which pub are we talking about, Jimmy? Maybe some of our listeners would like to join us at that pub. I'm not sure what the pub is called, but I could find out what the That's pub is. That's an odd name for a pub. <laughs> no, the pub, the pub is called Endzone. Oh, perfect. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Right. Makes sense for, for football. So they've, they, you know that they had the CPL. I we we I was, I forgot to mention this. We have Scott Mitchell. God, he has so many. Uh, he's chairman of CPL, chairman of CSB Canada Soccer Business, and also uh, head of Hamilton Sports Group, which runs the Tie Cats. So um, he's coming on in about half an hour. So we're going to barrage him with some unfair questions, which is great. I'm excited about that. Amy, you've got Canada soccer all lined up this weekend and into the next week. What is your schedule look like? Uh, well, today after the podcast, I'll be heading into town because Canada and Brazil will be at Stad Saputo today for their match day minus one training and then press conferences and, and things later on. Um, with Bev and some players and Christine actually yesterday at Nutrila, which is CF Montreal's training center where the team has been training this week. Cause I believe Brazil has been out in, in Laval um, at the, at the training complex out there. Uh, it was her first uh, press conference since she announced her retirement and in, in true Christine Sinclair form, it was brief. I think it was 12 minutes total, <laughs> but, um, one but question, she, please. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but she talked about notably, did, I think we talked about it on a pod a couple pods ago, um, about how the U S uh, women's national team, Twitter handle tried to congratulate her, but she blocked them. And she oh, said sorry. that she, she confirmed that she had done so. And she did it prior to Tokyo. I think she just had enough of the, of the barrage of, you know, tweets that were coming out of that camp and she blocked them and she kind of forgot that she'd done it. But uh, I think it's very apt. It's very Christine Sinclair. I forgot. What was the, was Tokyo heading for training to Australia, New Zealand for the world cup? Like I, I was, I was confused when she said Tokyo, how long the, is the it? Olympics? Oh, you mean from th- what? Three, two years ago now. Yeah. Oh, she blocked them two years ago. I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think she's on Twitter a whole heck of a lot. Oh, okay. and doesn't pay attention to that sort of thing. Right. I probably forgot that she'd done it until they tried to congratulate her and tag her. And then it's like, you've been blocked by Christine Sinclair. <laughs> well, the other thing is, if you're trying to slide into Christine Sinclair's DMs, don't do it on Twitter, is what she's trying to tell you. Yes. Because she won't be picking those up. Yeah, that's the subtle message as well. I don't and know if what, she's really getting back to you anyway on whatever platform you're trying to slide into her DMs, but as we yeah, know, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be doing that on, on Twitter. So even a um, phone call. <laughs> so, and then the game tomorrow will be the lead into that CPL final. 
So I'll be on the sidelines for one soccer, that same studio crew that's going to be covering um, the final between uh, Calgary and Hamilton will be in studio and then, and, uh, and Carm will be there as well. Um, and so yeah. Jimmy, wait, wait a second, Jimmy, you're calling the women's women's team play Brazil. Yeah. And then you're calling the final. I'm not calling Jimmy. the women's game. Jimmy's got nothing to do no, with Jimmy's, that. Jimmy's the booth wonger. So he's, oh, Jimmy's he's okay. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm confused. Sorry. Yeah, but this the studio crew. So I think that'll be Wheeler and Jordan. I don't know if Andy will be there. Carm right. will be there. Okay. Um, at least for the it. women's game, and then that same studio crew because they're in, they're already in Hamilton. Yeah, maybe, I think that, maybe Carm's in on uh, on color tomorrow, but she's involved. Carm Carm is in color tomorrow. She's in studio, Miss Saga. Oh, okay. And she's then, on color for the Halifax game then. Yes, and then. Uh, Wheeler and Wilson, they're I think and Andy are gonna do a hit from the stadium probably for that women's national game. And then they'll jump into the CPL after. Yep. And then and Halifax on Halloween on the Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So you're flying in. When do you what do you do? What's your schedule for Halifax? It just Halifax. in case people yeah, and what pub will you be drinking your first beer in so people can <laughs> drag you down? That's a good question. I'll I know. Just, I'll just I do- thought so. Yeah, I'll just be wherever my my sister in law brings me. I know Dee's going to be out in Halifax as well, so I'll probably hook up with those guys. But whether it's Nine Locks or whether it's they've got Lower Deck or Upper Deck or they've got some good pubs, so we'll be out. <laughs> I, I always like the uh, the Upper Deck uh, beer because it reminds me of that movie uh, MacGyver, where he tells people what an Upper Deck is. <laughs> <laughs> And if people want to know, just look up MacGyver Upper Deck. But basically, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go through it on a Friday. Jimmy morning. was hoping you're going to reference Below Deck. <laughs> Lost interest when you said Upper. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you wouldn't. Go check your toilet. Take the cover off. That's an Upper Decker. You look like in a great mood today, what? Jimmy Brennan. I'm, just no, like, like, I'm tired. Up, no, up and at him. Long, long day yesterday. He looks like he's in witness protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what are we looking forward to the most uh, for this Canada women's team? What are you looking for, Amy? Well, I think it's, you know, what role does Christine play? I think she also talked about in that press conference um, about how, you know, after they won in Tokyo, she knew once they were at the highest of highs and they got that gold medal that she wasn't going to come back. She wasn't going to play another Olympics. Um, But then I think with the World Cup going the way that it did, she had the conversation with Bev and, and friends and teammates that she wanted to help them qualify. And she's done that. And then she was ready to just in, in again, typical Christine Sinclair fashion, which is what we all expected. She would just vanish, just disappear. Right. She was not going to be doing some elaborate retirement tour. Ella Megan um, Rapino, Alec uh, Carly Lloyd. It was just never going to happen. But then teammates and friends and family convinced her with these four home games that she needed to stick around to get, you know, her, her, her due, her recognition and a proper ovation and a send off, which she will get with those two games uh, at Starlight Stadium on December 1st and then uh, BC Place on December 5th. So that's going to be incredible. So I think I'm looking to see how she fits in, you know, I mean, and that narrative is going to be almost like the elephant in the room, right? Mm. Like where this team is um, looking to, to build in a momentum, great games that they played to, to clinch that burst to Paris. Um, against a, a tough Jamaican squad. 
they looked more tactically fluid. You got some players who who played significant roles like Sidney Collins, Jade Rose is back in the lineup. Um, you have Deanne Rose, who's back from injury this camp. You have Jade Revere, who play over in, in the WSL um, for, for Birmingham and Man United, respectively, who are back in. So it's, you know, Bev having all of these tools um, and, and these weapons in her arsenal. How does she bring them in? Do they play a similar kind of that three four one two or three five two formation that worked really really well that allowed her allowed her to, to really maximize I think the potential and the quality that she has in that roster. So I think they look to continue to build against an opponent that they know really well. I think this team has played Brazil 30 times historically. And the last time they beat them at the She Believes Cup. So they're gonna be they're gonna be tough, but it's looking to build and then two games though that two game series that I mentioned in out in BC in December is against Australia again. So it's a little bit of a, a rematch there from that thumping they took um to to boot them out of the World Cup. It was a thumping. Mm-hmm. Um if, if there's a penalty if there's a penalty, is there any chance that Christine oh, doesn't take it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, need to 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 play devil's advocate a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe some she doesn't even grab the ball. Maybe it's not like this really significant, meaningful moment where she's handing the ball off to somebody. It's just someone else takes it because she doesn't want to do it. But it goes back to Jimmy talking about a few pods ago. Like she's been stuck at one ninety for a long time in terms of goals. Maybe she can get closer to two hundred if she gets a couple of gimmies, right? Mm-hmm. What's the, uh, and I'm always wondering about this, right now, is it just the the national team just preparing for the Olympics? Is it just getting a team together? Hey, because there's nothing, nothing going on other than the Olympics next year, right? Like this is what they're qualified for. This is what they're building for. There's nothing else out there other than, hey, let's stay in touch. Let's keep this team together. And what does this really mean eight months out or seven months out? Is it a big deal? These, these, these matches. Well, I Other think than so. the, take the Christine Sinclair retirement cruise off this, but yeah. just for, a, for the national team. I like to go on that cruise, by the way, the Christine Sinclair <laughs> retirement cruise. I would sign up for that. <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't answer your door. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it gives them a chance to, to zoom out a little bit, to think big picture, to think what's the best way that we can prepare this team. And you have some home games, which is, which is fabulous. And, and I think about myself, I was talking um, to some French media this week. CF Montreal had their postmortem as well. I was busy with that, but also just about having six Quebecers on this roster, playing in their own backyard, playing a game on the East Coast, I Wanderers Grounds sold out in like 20 minutes. Stad Saputo was looking at like it's also sold out. So that's close to 20,000. So that's fabulous support. But the East Coast, as a rule, and I'm including Quebec in this, has not had very many home games. The last time they hosted the women's national team, it was that pretty abysmal celebration tour. Like it wasn't really a celebration tour. It was like a, what would be the opposite of that? It was like a hungover tour. It was right. like kind of... Yay, tour. I don't know. It wasn't great. Uh, to a half-filled stadium, the atmosphere was great, but it was, again, this time of year, and the weather was shit, and there weren't a whole lot of people there. And I think out of my 102 caps, I'm going to have to fact-check myself. My second ever cap, I played at Claude Rubiard against China. Um, China. 
China. China. I can't. I mean, maybe we played a, another couple games in Quebec, but Stade Saputa wasn't around back then. I wasn't I, a participant in that 2015 Women's World Cup where they played at the Olympic Stadium. So very, very few games were here. So it's an, it's, it's an occasion for these Quebec players to, to really show this next generation, you know, that they're the role models, that what they've done, like the different routes that they've taken to pro and to springboard themselves onto the national team is, is really exciting. So and then also, you know, two more games out in BC and a men's national team game in November at BMO Field. So I think it's just good news, I think, for for Canadian soccer right now. And and hopefully the women can use that and in this slow build to answer your question, Wonger, where they've got time now to to develop something, to develop some chemistry, some tactical fluidity, um, and to to think about what the best course of action is for them to find success um, in Paris. Yeah, that that is kind of where I'm always you know, all of these, you know, the men's team playing in Japan, getting thumped. You know, I always sit there, oh, is, is that good for Canada's? But these home games, there's a financial play here too, right? There's an opportunity to fill the stadium, grow the sport. But on a pure financial too, you sell out 20000 in at Saputo. You sell out even even the grounds. I think Hamilton's about seven k. Right, or Hamilton? Sorry, Halifax is about seven thousand. Yeah, you're really all of a sudden you're you've got some turnstiles and you're getting revenue on the back end, which shows kind of the growth, but allows sponsors to get what they need, all of that. So it's kind of a three sixty business model too, right? Craig, do you have anything to say about all of these matches? Is that a, is is this a good step for us? Finally, some good news. Well, the more games we can play in Canada, the better. You know, it's better for financial reasons and it's better for the growth of the game to expose our players uh, to the Canadian public that we don't do regularly enough. You know, when you look at the major sports in North America that are just getting thrown at you in your face all the time. And it's hard to grow around that when you even when you've got good teams or successful teams like our women's team that have not played as many games as they would really like in Canada. For sure. Now, it's nice to see what we're, they're doing right now, and there are going to be some opportunities and, and some celebrations around it, too. So it's all good, I think. Well, the CPL, going back to the CPL, they came out with their attendance figures, and I think they're mm-hmm. up by 7, 7%, I think was the number. Maybe I'm a little off, but... I think it's even more than that one. Oh, wow. There you go. Higher than 7%, but that number is nebulous for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. You just was, yeah, Dan, 7%. I could but have not only said that, yes. on a pure, you know, uh, like they also opened another level at uh, Tim Hortons Field, right? Like they created, I think the other side is going to be open. So it's showing, I mean, I'm excited about the match tomorrow that we're all going to be attending, except Amy, because she's going to be in Montreal. But these are all great stories for Canadian soccer. But it leads me then to go, oh, what's the what's the shoe that's going to drop? <laughs> Who's going to blow their knee out? Who's going oh. to... No, but it's like we never Why? have... Because, Why? Because this is how I feel about Canada soccer right now. Or what self-inflicted... <laughs> Like, what good news story can we ruin with a uh, with a bad story? So I'm not going to go there, but that's what it makes me feel. But you just did. You <laughs> went there longer. You already went there. Okay, then talk me out of it. You Jimmy, there, talk me you out of it. You rolled around in it. You hung out a bit. 
Yeah. Had yourself a good long ball scratch. All right. Well, it. Amy, it's now your turn to co-host while I bring the t- rest of the team down. Oh, God. <laughs> well, go ahead. What's the what's the, what's our next step? Because I was this is the question that we're going to ask Scott when he comes on. For me, it's they're five years in. When you create business plans, three, five, and beyond, one, three, five, are they at where they're supposed to be? Or do, are they happy about where they are? Obviously, you always want more. Um, with over talking about that, is the development in the place that they want it to be? And Jimmy, I think that's a good question for you. Is development in the right place? And after Amy can jump on because I'm talking. I, I just want to interrupt you here. That I knew it was higher than 7%. Thank you. Um, and it says that. Uh, on October 28th, the league announced that it welcomed more fans over the 2023 regular season than any other in its five-year history, with the league-wide attendance climbing by 19% since 2022. So I was only 12% off, which isn't that big. <laughs> I mean, only yeah. longer. Yeah. Close that's, enough. That, that's a big, right a big or growth. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it was up. That's all. <laughs> Talking about development, Jimmy, is uh, CPL Canada soccer heading in the right direction then? Are we in a positive note going into this weekend? Well, I think so. I think overall, look, we've got what, quite a few games coming with a, with a what? <laughs> no, nothing. I didn't hear like anything. Somebody's underwater. I think Craig uh, was sucking on his vape. Are you on your <laughs> vape, Craig? No? I don't care. Then what else were you sucking on? I'm sorry. God. God. <laughs> No, look, you, you've got games coming up with the men's national team. You've, you've got the women playing games, uh, CPL final. A lot of, lot of players are making a, a you know, mark around the league. You know, the under-21, Matteo uh, Debrienne, he got the award last night. Um, there's a lot of good young players that are coming through. And we said that, you know, when a league starts and you, get, you, you just take what you can and whatever players that you can get to build your roster. And after your five and you go year eight, 10, 11, that's when you start seeing the younger players that are now 15, 16, start breaking into, into first teams, playing a lot of games. Those are the players that are going to be moving on to that next, that next level. Um, and you got to give a shout out as well to Ali M- uh, Musi, who was the first player of the year last night. He was, he had a great, tremendous season for me. He's a type of player that can move on and, and play at that next level somewhere else. Um, but you are slowly starting to see this isn't something that just happens overnight. And when, when they have project date and when they start off, it's going to take them years to start developing players and, and push them onto that next level. It's something that doesn't, doesn't happen overnight, but if you can see a, a progress in the players, the young players coming into the league, increase in, in gates, then, you know, you're on the right path and things are going, going in the right direction. Yeah. It might be a bit slower, but at least it's moving in the right direction. And it's not going the other way where you're looking at it going, well, we're down 25%. We're not really producing any young players coming through the system. The league's not getting stronger. Then you are in trouble, but it's a gradual, slow progress that you've got to make sure is sustainable. And slowly but surely, I think they're, they're heading in the right direction. I think with the pandemic as well on a, you know, a five-year plan was probably going to be a seven, eight-year plan. I put them back a little bit and all things considered, I think they're in a very good place. I'm sure they, those numbers are, I mean, it'd be interesting to know what the average ticket price would be. Um, Maybe we could learn that, but 
Um, they're still losing money, but they're heading in the right direction. So overall, it's a very positive thing for the for the league, which is great. I actually went on looking the the average ticket price uh, or what they were selling the women's national team. I think it was very affordable. If I remember, I went on and I think it was like 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something like that, which was remember they made that um, a bit of a folly that they that Honduras game with the bowl, upper bowl at BMO completely empty and us there. Amy, Craig, and I, um, they were trying to get 150 bucks for people to go to the match with their kids. And there seems to be that unrealistic expectation for some of these things. Um, so getting a price that everyone can afford and turning it into a family play, um, and you know, the women's team is playing at uh, 2.30, Amy? You're like, that's an afternoon match, right? Correct. This, CPL final six six thirty around there. These are all things you can go with your kids. It's not mm-hmm. you know even like a six year old, an eight year old you can bring to. I know Amy's bringing all of her kids to work sideline with her, right? Oh my god, they are they are not coming. <laughs> but this is a distinct business decision, right? From where it was, and that shows me that they're being strategic about things. That's all. Yeah, it's just an accessibility thing. And I think it also goes back like MLS. There's been a lot of chatter on on Twitter, no matter what team you support out of these three Canadian franchises, setting those times so that they're locked in at 7.30 p.m. It's You're not even talking about pricing people out at that point. You're just making it unattainable in terms of, of families. You're, you're not, families will not come to those games. It's too late. And it's also too cold sometimes, right? The sun's gone down at that point, depending what time of year you're talking about. And then with the League's Cup taking a month out of your best weather during the season, you're mm-hmm. also taking, you know, those nice balmy nights out of it, whether you're at Stad Saputo or BC Place or or, or down by the lake, right, at, at, uh, at BMO. So I, I don't know. There's that too, but I think it's hitting that mark properly where you're not pricing people out. You're making it accessible, you're making it in, an inviting experience for people. Um, and I think that's what maybe CPL is getting is getting right now with the markets that are doing well. It's go forest. You always talk about this and Jimmy as well. Why the Wanderers grounds are always sold out is because it's right in a hub. It's right in the middle of where everything is happening. And that's what we have to do with our sports in Canada. We, we can't make it difficult. We can't put in hurdles for people to, to get to these matches because they won't go. They'll yeah, stay the, home or just they won't watch. What what people need to realize as well is that football, our game, is it's an urban sport. You need to be in the city. The culture is all based around going to the pubs, having a social, going to a restaurant, walking to the stadium, enjoying the game, and then out into the city after. NFL, you can put a stadium 50 miles away from the city, and their whole culture is tailgating and having yeah. their, their fun in the car park and so that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. enjoy the car park and then go watch your game and then drive two hours back home but well nhl is the same thing and like the the calgary ottawa the like those those smaller cities their their stadiums are out in the middle of nowhere at least ottawa's as and i and i know calgary's was uh saddle dome was in the middle of nowhere for a while so you're totally right jimmy uh scott mitchell's going to be joining us in a few seconds but uh, before we get to Scott Mitchell, anything that stood out this week that we want to talk about in the because uh, Craig was watching Champions League yesterday. 
So seeing if we want to talk any Champions League before Scott, or was it yesterday or two days ago? He said someone had a good boot. What were you watching? It was Europa, Europa. League yesterday. Oh, Europa. Yeah. Sorry. See, this is why I'm not anywhere near, minus the uh, the English accent and the 30 years of uh, soccer knowledge. I'm no James Sherman. No, but it is peak. Yeah, but Forrest is upset because his West Ham lost to Olympiacos. <sighs> they did. Brighton beat, Brighton, Brighton beat Ajax as well, 2 0. They look really good. Yeah. Well, Never we'll have roll. more to talk about with uh, on footy picks because uh, that'll be coming up later on in the show. Oh, here's our boy, Scott Mitchell. He's coming in. <laughs> oh, Chairman of the CSB and Canada Canadian Premier League. Trying to figure out his mic. I think he's doing hey, okay. I, I cannot hear you. You cannot hear me. Well, uh, go into, we'll cut this part out, or maybe we won't. Go into uh, the settings at the bottom. <laughs> but he can't hear you. Go, uh, <laughs> Do the settings <laughs> with the teeth. Settings. <laughs> He's he's awfully focused, isn't he? <laughs> this is how you get ahead in, in business world, sports business world. Yeah, I'm gonna text him. You guys talk. <laughs> so, what's on tap for today, Jimmy? Right after you mentioned it off the top, but you you're going to training. Yeah, I gotta go to training. I gotta watch Ford's train, and then Calvary, and then they've got a press conference. And then after, I think, 6 o'clock is when the supporters mm. event starts, which will be a lot of fun. And I think Wonger and Forrest and JC are coming to that. We're trying. I've uh, We've already made a plan. We booked a hotel. Jimmy, we don't have the same hotel tonight. They didn't have any queen-size double beds rooms left at the hotel you're at. Yeah. So we're staying at the Sandman. Or no, the Sheridan. We're staying at the Sheridan H- Hamilton tonight. Oh, that's right? just we're, around the corner anyways. Yeah, we're stepping up our... Uh, how we're doing things. Scott's coming on uh, using his iPhone. I wonder if he can hear us now. We'll see what happens. There's some technical difficulties. He's got to unmute the mic. There we are. Oh. What, what do you think, Jimmy, for the game? I think, you know, it's, Dubs, it's always difficult when you talk about finals because you. the one thing that you hope is that the game's a little bit open and both teams go at it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want them to be too conservative where they tend to be more defensive. Nobody wants to make a mistake. And then it's a nil-nil extra time penalties. Then it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. Ideally, in these situations, what you want is a goal within the first 10 minutes where both teams are at it now. So that's what I'm hoping for. As a neutral, I want to see a goal early doors and let the game open up. That's what you're what hoping you think for. Yeah, that's but what, what do you think for. actually happens? Yeah, what do you think actually happens? Not from a neutral's point of view. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have no idea. I, th- I think Calvary squads, uh, I think they've got a very good squad and they've got a good bench. Um, but the one thing that's going to be in Forge's favor is they're at home. And the crowd's going to be behind them. And I know Calvary's got maybe, I think, four or 500 fans that are going to be flying for the game. Um, but... For me to say who's going to win, I, I genuinely don't know. It's two teams that are very competitive, good sides, and I have no idea how it's going to pan out. I think it'll come down to Tommy's flow versus Bobby's beard. 
Yeah, I was sitting beside Bobby last night at the awards. His beard is getting beautiful. <laughs> it's already beautiful. My no, goodness. It's long and I forgot to ask him. I don't know if he's using like a little coconut oil for some shine in there. I don't know what he's using. He's using something. Say hi to Kit for me, okay? At uh, down at training. My friend Kit's the assistant coach. Yeah, I'll get right at that. No. Fuck, you know what? <laughs> Why don't you just text him? Say, hey, Kit, he's your buddy. Or do you want me to go You're out gonna my way? You're going to see him go, in person. Say, hey Kit. hey, Kit, how are you? How are you? Dub says hello. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, she just texted me. Fuck, you know what? <laughs> You're fucking curmudgeon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, yeah, you I'm love a it. pain in the ass. No, I don't, actually. Yeah, curmudgeon. Walker <laughs> looks like he's in war times. What's happening? <laughs> he's, he's spinning records, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the ones and twos. Uh, <laughs> Scott's trying his best to get in, so we're trying to. Uh, you guys keep chatting while no. we go. This will be an easy cut, JC. An easy cut. Here we go. This is very on brand. It is yeah. very on brand, or it won't be a cut at all. No. Can you let him in, JC? Force, you're coming. You're coming to the the train. Is there? Right? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yay! 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 All right. So welcome to the pod. Good? First time, yeah. Scott Mitchell. Well, hey Scott. Oh, hey guys and and ladies, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Sorry about that. I, I actually, it's, it's my laptop. I'm having some issues with it. So apologies for keeping you guys waiting. I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that fits perfectly to the pod. So, um, Scott, thanks for jumping on. Uh, just so people know who Scott is, chairman of CanPL, Canadian Premier League, chairman of Canadian Soccer Business, and uh, CE, what's your Hamilton Sports Group? What's that? President of Hamilton Sports Group? Managing partner and CEO. Manage, okay. So you've got a lot of things going on this weekend and that you've done the triumvirate. You're going to be, you're going to be hitting, uh, you're, you're going to be watching Hamilton play Montreal against the Ticats playing uh, the Alouettes, Forge and Calvary. But the biggest thing is you're on footy prime for the first time. So triumvirate. He's thrilled. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought we froze her. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know we were recording yet, Dan. So oh, yeah. We, we do this uh, as we go, Scott. Oh, just so goodness. you know. But that was Austin, your intro. 
Uh, man, an auspicious start. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to be on, although I have to admit, the last time you invited me on, I think uh, you took Clanagan instead, and he was drinking beers on the show, and now I get to do it at 8 in the morning with all these unfriendly faces here. Unfriendly. <laughs> well, at, at Clanagan, he was drinking beers with everyone and having a good time. At 8 o'clock in the morning, it's not nearly as fun. That's true. <laughs> I, I still think we're friendly, but we're not as uh, – well, Jimmy's probably – like nursing? Are you I, nursing? I, you got anything no. going? I should have said grumpy, not friendly. Sorry. No, you're you're, <laughs> grumpy, just, you're, you're grumpy, looking at yes. Jimmy too much. Look at look at me or look at Forrest. Look at Wong or don't look at Jimmy. He's grumpy. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. So where do we I want don't, to start? I don't like the morning starts either, Scott. <laughs> I, I, I heard you say that before, Jimmy. So I was just following up on what you said a couple of podcasts ago. <laughs> so we're going to start with Craig. Whatever you want to ask, Craig. Scott's well, already said he's open to anything. Well, let's start with some positive stuff. I mean, we heard there's a 18, 19% increase in attendance for the Canadian Premier League. So what are your thoughts on the league and where it stands right now after five years? Obviously, the pandemic plays a part, but overall, where I'm sitting, it looks very positive. How about you? Yeah, it's going to be a great year. I think I don't want to steal all Mark Noonan, our commissioner's thunder. He's going to have his uh, his commissioner's uh, press conference today at 2 o'clock, and uh I know he's going to have a lot of great data and information for for the fans and supporters and the media. But yeah, there's no question. Uh, I think any league that sees 20% growth in ticket and ticket revenue year over year is, is phenomenal. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting to see the response we're getting across the country. As you guys know, we've come through a lot of issues with the pandemic and and never thought we we're going to be launching into the teeth of a pandemic. But um, there's some terrific momentum behind the league, and it's very, as Mark would say, very organic, which is pretty exciting to see. We've got a lot of great supporters from club to club, and there's certainly still a lot of work to do, but we're seeing a lot of things moving in the right direction. There's no, there's no doubt. And the quality of play, as you guys know, I think is phenomenal. I think it came out of the gates that was far better than people thought it was going to be. And uh, and certainly this year we had teams in it until the last week of the season, and, and uh, certainly it's pretty exciting to have Cavalry and Forge go at it here as, uh, tomorrow afternoon for the championship. Jimmy? Yeah, Scott, you know, going on to what Stax was, was saying there about the increase in in attendance, the league's getting better. You're starting to see a lot more younger players. There's a lot more eyes now that are, are on these games. Does this make it uh, better for you with sponsorship? Is there more interest coming to the table now? Yes, I think you're going to hear today, Mark, talk about that. There's not just the ticket revenues up substantially for the league, but sponsorship up is up as well. And uh, uh, Jimmy, you're, you're familiar with the model, obviously, that, yeah. uh, and I know we'll get into it to talk about CSB, but uh, the teams get a certain amount of inventory and CSB controls a lot of the inventory. But uh, the teams are seeing a huge amount of, uh, of uh, positive trend for their own local sponsorship. I think uh, in Ottawa's case, they're up $350,000 this year. And, and I think every single team was up with the exception of one. So yeah, there's, there's just a tremendous amount of interest in soccer in general, as you guys know. And, uh, and in the league itself, I think we're seeing a lot of positive trends. Well, speaking of sponsorship, we all know the broad strokes of, of the CSB deal. Um, so you're making ballpark maybe six to eight million dollars off of selling the women's and men's national teams currently, but you're only paying Canada soccer four million dollars. But then with FIFA 2026 coming, um, that ability to earn the sponsorship dollars and revenue is only going to grow. So, you know, with 15 years potentially left on that deal, 
um, you know, if that number keeps going up incrementally, do you plan to meaningful renegotiate that deal with Canada Soccer so they can see a percentage of those raising revenues? So we're on one or two questions on Forge and then right into CSP. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. Yeah. Get it out yeah. of the way. And, then, and I know we'll circle back and talk about the match tomorrow for sure. But, but for sure. Uh, yeah, no, Amy, yes, Amy, we will. I mean, yeah, I mean, Amy, in honesty, those those numbers aren't accurate. We don't make six to eight million dollars selling sponsorship. Uh, it's a very complicated process to sell sponsorship. There's a major cost involved with activating and, and supporting the sponsorship. Um, I would say this that that we need to clean a lot of things up in order for us to all start making more money. What our challenge is not dividing up money. Our money, our challenge together is creating uh, opportunities to create revenue. So. We all need to do a much better job of that. And, and there are certain things in our agreement with Canada Soccer that allows them to benefit from the better we do. I think that's not talked about a lot, which is understandable. Um, but, you know, I mean, we've said, we've said many, many times, we've told Canada Soccer many, many times, uh, you, look, you tell us how we can help and we want to help. You tell us how we can help. You tell us exactly what the quantum is of, of what the challenge is and we're here to help and we want to understand where that incremental money is going to go uh, to help benefit Canada soccer and the whole, uh, the whole project. Just to follow up quickly though. I mean, with those incremental increases, like assuming that's just only going to go up incrementally, um, Canada soccer won't be in, in, in charge of, of, of that money. You guys will be. So even with an incremental increase, the, the sponsorship revenue is going to increase way more than that. So is the only way that they can truly benefit is probably if there's a renegotiation of of that deal. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you mean by controlling it, but no, there is there. Well, because they're not in charge right of the now. sponsorship and and the revenue, right? You guys are. Correct. Yeah, we're we're in charge of executing executing sponsorship. They've had they've had someone executing their sponsorship for years and years and years. Is it the same deal as IMG had back in the day? Is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, Craig, this is the irony of the whole thing, is that we would love the IMG deal. The IMG didn't have to supply an ecosystem of 500 jobs across the country in a league. That that deal was a great deal. All they did was sell and take take a profit off the sales of the deal. We were actually asked to to go out and create a whole ecosystem across this country, and that's that's what kind of boggles my mind is that that with all due respect to Amy is that we I get comments like you guys are making all this money off these deals. I don't think anyone understands that the investment we're putting back into this. I mean, the average investor in, in CSB has invested 10 to 15 million dollars minimum into this project each. And that's about building this whole ecosystem, which is a massive benefit to Canadian soccer as a whole. So, you know, on one hand, I think everybody on this on this pod would, would acknowledge on one hand, there's been criticism for years and years about how Canada soccer spends spends their money and how they invest their money. And then in comes this group that's invested $100 million plus and is, has created 500 full-time jobs for Canadians in soccer, which, as you guys know, just didn't exist previously before. So, yeah. you know, that's the investment we're making. And, and we work hard with Canada soccer to make that investment and benefits players, coaches, administrators. You know, we've built League One up from... 40 teams to 160 teams in Ontario alone. The growth in women's soccer in League One has been massive. You know, we've got a League One in BC now. We've got a League One opportunity we're working with in Quebec. We're working on a League One in, in the Prairies as well as in, in the Maritimes. So when you ask about where the investment's going, that's where it's going. It's, it's not just a league. It's building an ecosystem that, as I said, 
has created over 500 full-time jobs in this country for Canadians in soccer. That's unprecedented. That's never been done before. Yeah. Do you think, uh, Scott, that there's a disconnect between the players and the CSB and the governing body? Like, didn't, doesn't seem to be information. Seems to be information that one side is getting or misinformation, uh, one side is getting and the other. And there seems to be this ongoing scrap between the two of them. Um, and I, I can imagine why you're you're almost doing a little bit of a tour here to talk to people about the CSB to try to get your side of the story out. Is that correct? Well, the tour actually is about promoting tomorrow's championship game, Craig. Uh, so that's that's what we want to come. <laughs> we're going we're, we're to have a record. We're going to have a record crowd out at Tim Hortons Field to celebrate a CPL championship game. But I but I know Amy's been waiting to talk about CSB, so I'm happy to talk. Oh yeah, just me, long. just me, Scott. Nobody else, just me. <laughs> no, but I, I I am really happy to talk about it for as long as you want. Look, as you guys know, we've we've really not commented much on it. We've taken the high road and and we've really tried to focus on the business. It's been very tempting to jump into the fray and get in discussions mm-hmm. about it. I, I mean, I think Craig, to your specific question. What I've learned in soccer is that, unfortunately, it seems like everybody fights all the time, especially in Canada. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. We've all got to get on the same page and move this mm-hmm. whole project forward together. And we want to be part of that solution. We've made it very, very clear that we want to be part of that solution. Um, to your specific question, Craig, you know, we volunteered dozens and dozens of times to help out uh, in any way, which way we could with the player situation. It, it's the truth of the matter is, and I've said this before, is that 99% of the reason the CSB gets brought up is because of a labor dispute. That's what this is about. It's a labor dispute between Canada Soccer and the players. As you guys well know, there's been a dispute between the players and Canada Soccer long before CSB. Unfortunately, this has continued to fester post the success of both the men and the women. You know, I think everybody understands that Canada Soccer has offered a very, very lucrative deal to both the women and the men that would be globally competitive and in fact in many ways would exceed payments that some of the big European countries are making to their players and you know we've got to put this to bed to move forward collectively and and I think that's the only way we're all going to get better what's the only way we're going to create more revenue to share is by putting this labor dispute to bed and moving forward. Well let's get back back to the biggest attendance because I want to uh, we were mentioning before you jumped on Scott that you guys opened up the Tim Hortons field, another section, which means that obviously you're looking for a huge crowd. What's a number that you're happy with? Where does that, because we're going to be there tomorrow. We're going to be covering it for not just footy prime, but uh, as content for footy prime on one soccer. So we want to make sure that we were part of that growth. And that's kind of how footy prime always started was let's grow soccer in Canada and let's make it real. Tell me about this weekend's match. Give us your best, uh, why people should be walking over to Tim Hortons Field or driving down to see this match. Well, first of all, I think uh, this, these two clubs, they're, they're superb clubs. I think um, uh, we'll talk about Fords. We'll talk about Cavalry and their ownership group. They're just terrific people. Linda Heathcott and Ian Allison runs the team. Tommy Wielden's done a fantastic job. I think last night you saw the award show. I think the had three of the players up for the most outstanding uh, player award. And uh, the rivalry is fantastic. I know you guys remember back when we had the first championship in 2019. Um, it was home away derby. But there were red cards all over the place, goals all over the place. It was an absolute wild uh, championship. We were lucky enough to sneak out a victory in the end. But uh, these two teams don't like each other very much. Lots of respect on the ownership side and, and off the pitch. But on the pitch, these teams don't like each other very much. 
past. It's a very bitter rivalry that's produced a lot of fantastic uh, soccer. So I think that in itself, uh, the soccer will be fantastic and then the environment's going to be great. I think, um, you know, we're certainly trending. Well, we're going to have a record crowd at Tim Hortons Field for a CPL game. There's no question. And uh, we're hoping to get to that 12, 13,000 number. And uh, the capacity is really about 12, 5 for the game. And I think we'll probably get there. You know, Scott, one of the big things I've noticed with this league, and obviously it's a big part of it, it's not just developing players and the league, but coaches. And the likes of Bobby uh, Smyrniotis and uh, Tommy have done, Wielden Jr. have done just an amazing job. When do you think that we'll see uh, one of the coaches from the CPL get, you know, poached by, you know, somebody else and they make the next step? Uh, because those opportunities seem to be getting talked about more and more these days. It's a great question, Craig, and I think I think another great story is Patrice in with Halifax. And Patrice, uh, this is what this project's all about: is uh, Patrice comes out of League One with Vaughn, and uh, I know Derek mm-hmm. Mattress uh, teases uh, teases Patrice about how far he's come and what he used to do in his old life in terms of being able to pay the bills and everything else, and and uh, really earned his earned his uh, stripes in League One. Did a fantastic job in Vaughn, and then all of a sudden, you know, was up for Manager of the Year in Halifax. I thought he was going to win it, to be honest with you. So. Guys like Patrice, you know, that's what this project is all about. And then obviously Tommy and Bobby are phenomenal, phenomenal coaches. Um, you know, I think I think Tommy and, and Bobby have, have great situations that are going to take a lot to get them out of those situations. But I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you in Bobby's case, uh, you know, I've dealt with uh, at least three clubs or organizations that have, have had Tom or have had Bobby as a finalist for their for their job. And uh, there's lots of calls about Tom, about Bobby all the time. I'm sure there are about Tommy too. But uh, it's really going to take, take the right situation, the right fit for Bobby to want to leave. And, and we'll be very supportive of him if he does find that right situation, the right fit. I have zero doubt whatsoever that, that Tommy, in, in particular in Bobby's case, as well as I know him, I have no doubt whatsoever that wherever Bobby manages, wherever Bobby coaches, doesn't matter the level, he will be extremely successful. I've been around coaches my whole life from NFL coaches to used to represent NHL coaches. This guy is as organized and as smart as there is and, and will do a great job anywhere he coaches or manages. Yeah, he's done, he's done ever so well. He's a great guy, very pays attention to detail and you know that clubs in MLS are recognizing that as well because we do know that he was interviewed with Toronto FC. I thought there was a good chance that he could possibly have gone there. There's speculation as well about him maybe being the, the national team manager. And I think that just shows you the growth of the league as well, where it's not only players that are getting recognized and moving on to, to different levels or different leagues around the world, but it's also coaches now are getting recognized. So I, I feel like the the league is moving in the right direction and it's good to see. Well, I think absolutely, Jimmy. And, and then we have great success stories like you going into media. So there you go. Uh, which you do a yeah. great job. By the way. But, <laughs> on, but, on a podcast. Uh, our, on a podcast. Yeah. Well, no, I was no, going to say that if this is media, <laughs> what kind of media Jimmy, is this? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy does a fantastic job doing Keller with his guys, Adam and the boys. Yeah, he but does. I, yeah. I think, I think Jimmy, not just the coaches too, but I think, and I'll, I'll, again, I'll be a bit myopic about Forge. We've got a terrific, and I think Forge has seen phenomenal growth this year. And we finally, you know, took Forge out from under the shadow of the Thai Cats and ran Forge as its own standalone entity. And we put somebody in there by the name of Nicole Demers, who was one of the stars of the, of the Thai Cats executive team. And Nicole yeah. has come in and been been a huge driver of that massive growth that Forge has seen this year. So for someone like Nicole, who was a college athlete, wants to work in sports, and now she's had to be able to come back, come through the Thai Cats, and now runs the business operations of Forge. 
is a phenomenal story. And then you guys all know Jelani as well, who works for the Forge. Jelani came through Sigma, um, was looking for it, was a player, didn't really have a lot of avenues to play, did what he could, and then wanted to get into the management side of, of soccer. And now Jelani is the director of soccer operations with Bobby with Forge and those those are the stories that are that's what this project is all about is those stories like Nicole and Jelani and it's not just with the league it's with League One it's with everything else we're doing across the country and I just think it's invaluable these opportunities that everybody's getting to work in pro soccer when I or in soccer in general when I started this project 10 years ago and understanding it and I know a lot of people on this on this pod know this and Amy and Craig and, and, and Jimmy that there weren't a lot of jobs in soccer in this country. They just weren't. And everyone was very protective of whatever few jobs there were. And I think this project has changed that exponentially. I mean, you guys all know how many people are working in this project. And that's what this is all about. I wanted to ask you about the revamped playoff format. So this is a rematch, essentially, of Ford beating Cavalry. They get their ticket to the final directly. Do you think, obviously, you have your, your interests with, with Ford as, as you've laid plain? But like, do you think that gives Cavalry a little bit of an advantage looking at it from their perspective that it's almost, you know, like a, a revenge match? And then to Forge at home, they look like they have, you know, the advantage and they already beat them. But, you know, are, is, is there something at play here because of this new playoff format? And do you like it? Well, first of all, I think we've had three playoff formats or four, including the shortened PEI, uh, Jimmy remembers well, the PEI uh, uh, season. So Don't remind me of that. Yeah, <laughs> Island like game. In the hotel. You didn't like being in the hotel for 32 days, Jimmy. But um, nobody <laughs> be able to do prison. Whatever part. Yeah. Well, prison in a nice hotel. But, uh, yeah. but uh, Amy, whatever playoff format we have, we've got to stick with something because we've had too many of them. But. I remember when Mark and the and the team brought the playoff format to us, and and just speaking for myself, I was like, oh, what the what the heck is this format all about? But I think it I think it worked out extremely well during the season because we did have seven teams in in the playoff race up until the last week of the season, so that was great. Um, I, I think it remains to be seen. You know, we'll see. I'm sure if you ask Tommy right now, he'd say it was an advantage for for. Cavalry, and I, I'm sure if you ask Bobby, he'd say it was an advantage for Forge. So I think the proof will be uh, will be in the pudding. I I, I don't think a lot of people thought we were probably going to go in there and and uh, beat Cavalry a couple of weeks ago. So I think it changed up a lot of things. And uh, um, you know, I I like the playoff format for everybody. I think it's great. I think the the challenge of the travel. I mean, as you guys know, Pacific's travel schedule was was ridiculous. Yeah. I think they played at home on Wednesday. They were in Halifax on Saturday. They had to go to to uh, to Calgary the week afterwards and, and played extremely well. And you can imagine the costs of that were excessive, but uh, I like the format. I, I hope it works and I hope it produces a great match for, uh, for tomorrow. Would there be any plans possibly with this playoffs? Cause I like the format. I really do like this format, but do you think you could add a home and away? So have a two match for every, every stage of the playoffs. And is there a possibility of extending the season? Yeah, this, it's, I mean, I think it's it's great. I mean, honestly, I, I can tell you that, that like Forge, we spent, uh, it was $82,000 to send Forge out to Calgary for the semifinal. And I, I, I kiddingly said to Bobby, don't bother coming back unless we're playing at home next week because uh, we don't want to send you back for another eighty two grand. So, uh, I mean, let, let's listen. We, we're we're telling we're telling investors and partners all the time about this great league, and they're asking us. You tell them to tell me there's a there's a team that flies six hours from Victoria to 
Halifax to play soccer. And like, as you guys know, in Europe, you could fly, you know, halfway around the world, the, the continent over there or the full continent over there. So yeah. um, I'd love to add, I'd, I'd love to add another match, Jimmy, you got to make it work. Um, I think the other thing that's always under consideration and Jimmy, you live through this is, is how do we play more matches because 28 matches is, is, is okay, but we need to play more matches in the league. I think, I think it's one of the, the smaller competitions around. We need to get to 32, 36. We don't want to play a lot of weekday mm. matches if, if we don't have to. Uh, you guys know what that's like for all sorts of reasons, both for the players and for uh, business reasons. Unfortunately, we live in this wonderful country that is not overly friendly to playing outdoor soccer in March and, and November. So it's really mm. a bit of a science on how do we extend the season, build more matches, extend the playoffs, Jimmy, to your point. Um, it's a bit of a delicate, uh, delicate balance, but there's no question. I think we've got to we've got to play more matches and expand the season as time goes on, and we've got to figure out the best way to do that. You know, Scott, we we talked about before you came on here about the culture and, and what Halifax has done, and it's amazing because they got this whole setup around a day's experience going out and having a really good time. Some of the teams that have struggled, you look at Valor, their stadium is way out of the city. Uh, York United, uh, we'd like to get your uh, opinion about what's going on with York United at the moment and ownership potential there. Uh, is that something you're looking at for when you do look to expand this league, to trying to create that culture and that experience so that it's a, it's a big thing going out and enjoying the whole day as opposed to, you know, making a super commitment, big commitment for families to, to make trips out to stadiums that are just you know lacking that and and atmosphere yeah i think i think every situation is different in my experience craig and I, i've been doing this unfortunately for for longer than i i'd like to admit but I, everyone kind of makes a mistake of, of kind of saying the experience has got to be this because i think in every city it, it the experience is different and i'll just give an example in calgary mm. spruce meadows is is out in the country um but they've they've created as you guys anyone who's been there would know they've created a fantastic experience. You know that is a very very unique and cool setting. That stadium they've turned an equestrian ring into a stadium, which is phenomenal. I think you know we talked to our folks from Concacaf and FIFU come in who just absolutely love it, and and that's really a family atmosphere. And go out to Spruce Meadows, enjoy the day, experience the the whole uh, the whole property out there. And then on the other hand, to your point, Craig, we've got this phenomenal experience of downtown Halifax with 7,000 people packing the Wanderers grounds. It's it's a five-minute walk from all the bars and the restaurants in downtown. And I think, you know, those two experiences, I think the Ottawa experience is fantastic. And, and I think, obviously, Forge, we're continuing to understand what the soccer culture is in our stadium. Our stadium's a little bit too big now. We hope it won't be in the future. But I think I think you've got five or six I think Pacific's a very cool experience as well. Uh, I, I have not, unfortunately, been to Vancouver for a game yet with, with FC, but uh, I think there's five or six great stadiums that produce their own unique settings, and then there's a couple that, you know, we got to work on. I think in Valor's case, you know, that stadium is a is an awesome FIFA-type stadium. Uh, it's a beautiful facility. I think um, when, you get, when you get people in there, it's a great atmosphere. Um, so it's a matter of, of kind of growing into that. And then, as you guys said, we've got lots of work to do in, uh, in York. But uh, I, won't steal, I won't steal Mark's thunder. But uh, I think in the next few weeks, there'll be some very, very positive news about York. Awesome, Scott. Thanks so much. We want to thank you. You were talking experiences. I hope the experience of Footy Prime the first time was enjoyable for you and that uh, we are creating a place that you can come back and talk about everything. 
because that's our goal is to be able to uh, cut through, find out what where we land in Canada and also grow this internationally. You know, we should be a, a country that develops and not only a domestic league, which is uh, for both sexes, but also across the board where we're giving people opportunity. And, and as we talked about development at every stage and the jobs you're creating has been uh, stalwart so far. So congratulations on five years in and good luck to Forge, I guess, right? That's who you're pushing for? Absolutely. Go on, yeah, say no, it. No, yeah. Yeah, say no, it. No, he hasn't no, said no, it yet. Say it. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. And for sure, listen, I, yeah. first, of all, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the show, and I was teasing Amy, but I'm happy to come on and talk about CSB anytime you guys want. For sure, it's a complicated situation. But we all, to you guys' point, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the pod, and I'm a huge fan of the pod because everybody on this pod is massively pot, passionate about Canadian soccer. I certainly have become that as well, and, and I think – the biggest thing that's missing is all of us just working together. It's not your responsibility to sell forge tickets by any stretch, but we have a great opportunity in this country for everyone who's passionate about soccer in this country to make it great. Uh, we got a World Cup in a couple of years at home. We got a Women's World Cup coming, and you know, my my one wish was, and believe me, trust me, we are fully committed to this. Is all of us working better together uh, to create better solutions for soccer in this country? Because it soccer can be an incredibly powerful sport in this country, and I think the futures incredibly bright so thanks for having me on i really appreciate it awesome thank you so much scott and thanks, uh, scott. If, you, if you can't do it get down to if you can do it get down to the cpl final tomorrow so uh, that's saturday at six o'clock and also canada's women's national team at 2 30 on one soccer so we're gonna go thanks a lot scott we'll thanks, talk scott. to you soon thanks scott thank cheers well, that's given us a lot of uh, to, to chew on, right? I'd say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into uh, footy picks, guys, because Amy's got to jump. Our supporters came up with their list for this week. Play the theme song, JC. Are you ready? Yes, DJ He's in witness protection. His name is Bimmy Jammin. <laughs> Sharms, Sharms was, uh, they sent us, Footy Prime Supporters Club sent us their picks. So uh, it's it's a good one. Arsenal over Sheffield United. Hey, that's mine. That's it okay. is yours. Uh, right. Manchester United and Man City, they chose as a draw. Ooh. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, West Ham United over uh, Everton. And so their $5 is a $50. Yeah, their $5 is a $50.10. So there's your $5 bet, Footy Prime Supporters Club. Um, Yeah, not bad at all. So what's ours? Because we're going to do it as a group, and I'll share it with the team uh, on the interweb after we're done. So you go, you go, Amy. Oh, I'm out. You're kicking me out. Okay. Well, because you have to jump to a TSN thing. I'm not. Uh, I do. I'm not slow to that. I'm not hip to your jam. I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later, guys. No, no. But what you were going to go. What's your pick? What's your pick? Are you taking Arsenal? Oh, 
Yeah, I already said. I got Arsenal. I know, but I want to know why. Give us a little bit of why. Okay, there's no rhyme nor reason to my picks anymore. I'm looking for the easiest pick. And then I set it on the dark web and Forrest right away was like, yes, good pick. And so I'm feeling quite good about it. So I'm rolling into the weekend on a strong footy pick, I believe. Okay, Arsenal, Sheffield. Gregor, what's yours? Uh, I believe it was Chelsea, but I'm not sure because I put it, posted it yesterday. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. He can't. He can't be sure. It's Chelsea <laughs> over Brentford. Yeah. And so, so Chelsea's at home over Brentford. That's that's not, isn't that a gimme a bit? That's a tight one. What are you it seeing should, in Chelsea? Should be a Chelsea should be a Chelsea win. I mean, either one of those games, Arsenal or Chelsea, pay a lot, but we yeah, want to win. We want to get a win under our belts, right? JC, do you got something for us before we go to Jimmy? So there you have it. Today's game, Palace and Spurs. Wow. But obviously Spurs over Palace. Yeah. I'm going to take Newcastle over Wolves. Give, give me reason, Jimmy. Because I think Newcastle is a better team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And rebound after their Champions League loss to Dortmund. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy's taken off. It's going to be the uh, Amy's already left. It's, it's JC, Craig, and I to say farewell to y'all. Um, Jimmy, what was your bet again? Newcastle. Newcastle over Newcastle over yeah. Wolves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, pal. We'll see you tomorrow on screen, and uh, we'll talk to you tonight at the Fan Exposition Supporters Club. All right. I'll see you All soon. All right, pal. Bye now. Okay, bye. And then there were three. There were. So quite a weekend down there. Holy shit. I'm I'm excited. I'm picking up uh JC, are you gonna be able to join us today for an hour or two? Or are you I'll, uh I'll be I'll be down there. And you gotta, you gotta think that um if, if you if if really if there's twelve and a half thousand, thirteen thousand people coming in for the game, that's gonna be an electric atmosphere in downtown Hamilton. I agree. Like that's mega. So I mean, if anyone who even if you don't have tickets. Come on down and see that for the fan experience, just to feel that energy. It's going to be great. And I bet you there's going to be a lot of pubs around the stadium, not just the one that we're going to the end zone, that are going to be showing this game. So if you're in the GTA or if you're in that Golden Horseshoe area. or GHTA. GHTA. Thank you. Get down to Hamilton. This is going to be an amazing, amazing atmosphere. And the more we get out to support the CPL and Canada soccer as a whole, the bigger it's going to get. I agree. <laughs> Craig, what are you they looking forward you. to? Final word before we sign off. Well, I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing it all being put into place. I thought the award ceremony looked really good on uh, TV or on digital or whatever or platforms. It looked really good, very professional. Um, sets up for a great final. I think these are two of the best teams in the league. They proved that really over the last five years. Um, and it couldn't be better. So let's hope that uh, everybody gets down there. The weather is going to be just terrific. Yeah. It's going to be incredibly warm or mild for this time of year. So it couldn't ask for a better situation for good old for global warming, climate change, good old climate change. Oh, yeah. We're, I'm all for it. It's, it's almost November and it's going to be 20 degrees. Come on, man. This is spectacular. Keep on global warming. Uh, <laughs> it's not right. I know I'm saying it's good that. for us. So- good for the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good for the game. <laughs> it, it, it makes elongates our season, correct? 
What's bad for yeah. the polar bears is great for world soccer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> In the northern hemisphere. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, thanks, Scott Mitchell, for joining us. Uh, Amy, Jimmy, for Amy and Jimmy, I'd like to say goodbye. Um, JC's here. Craig's still here. We're going to say, if you're looking for Premier League action, sign up at fubotv.com slash footyprime. And of course, Tony Bet, our Tony Bet bets, always the place to be. We're going to be hanging out with some of our Tony Bet friends down at uh, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. So we're looking forward to that too. So, everyone, thank you for joining us on a Friday News and Dubs, maybe changing the name. And uh, keep buying newspapers. And thanks for listening. Cheers for listening. Cheers for, oh yeah, cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. So, Wonger, what time are we leaving? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.